Amen, saints. How we doing this morning? Praise the Lord this morning. Now tell me that song didn't turn your heart. What a beautiful song. Thank you, Pastor. Congratulations, Bishop A.B. Vine Sr. on your election to President of the California Southern Baptist Convention. Praise the Lord. My brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. New Season Church is moving. We are moving in God's direction. And I wish I had the time to tell you how God has been faithful to a group of people, us, you and I, since 2001. I have the blessing of knowing the whole story. And one day, I hope I get an opportunity to share it. But if I can't tell you one thing, I'll leave you with this. God is going to use this church, New Seasons Church. As I was listening to the song, I was thinking about how daring faith, and it's my hope, that during faith will cause us to step out to serve, to do something extraordinary. Just yesterday, I had an opportunity to, to go with my beautiful wife to L.A., and I was pumping gas, and as I stepped out to insert my car, there was a homeless person standing right in the center of the island. And I said to him, good morning, brother. He looked me in my eyes, and he said this. There's two reactions I usually get from people. Two reactions. The first reaction, they ignore me as if I'm not here. The second reaction, they offend me when I try to wash their windshield. And as I'm looking at us at New Seasons Church during the black party, I'm just reminded of him. His name is Brother Philip. So I said, what's your name, brother? He said, Brother Philip. Praise the Lord! Right there. We started having church. Right there. I said, Brother Philip, what a strong name. Oh, brother, you don't have to tell me about my name. Shoot. I preach to the unit. I, I jumped up. He jumped up. And then he got serious for a moment. And he said, when this is all said and done, this is what this man said to me. He encouraged me. He said, when it's all said and done, you and I are going to be in heaven rejoicing. <laughs> this guy, I said, Brother Philip, how long have you been on the street? All his life. He's about, if I had to guess, maybe about 60-something. Vietnamese, spoke perfect English, better than I did, perfect English, grew up in, in the heart of L.A., downtown. He said, when this is all said and done, you and I are going to be, and I said, brother, I can't wait for that day to welcome you in heaven. But I love, as I was sharing with my wife, here he is in the thick of it, and actually, he actually came to share the gospel with me. 
That was his whole intent. But we did the Holy Spirit disconnected and we just start praising the Lord. But he came to share the gospel with me. He came to share the gospel. So we're doing during faith. And I'm doing this in faith right now. So just our pastor this morning, you know he wanted to be here. He wanted to be here. This was the celebration. And he's going to try to do the 0900. And as some of you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning, we meet with, with some of the men. We're going through a, a ELF, what we call the ELF for Foundation 260 uh, plan in this Bible. Uh, it's not a Bible study. It's just us sharing the scriptures. And we did that. We started in January. And tonight, today was the last day, 6 in the morning. And Pastor showed up about 6.30. And he, he, my brothers and sisters, we have to pray for our pastor. We got to pray for him. And Pastor, uh, I, I love Pastor Mike because uh, he, he, he understands where we're coming from sometimes. But Pastor just have to say, take it. You know, and I, I, I be praying for Pastor Mike because sometimes you just have to stand up here and just do it. So that's what we're going to do today. We're just going to fellowship together. We're going to go over some scriptures. It was so unique when I was sitting in the back and I had a chance to look at what Pastor put together. It's beautiful because his center passage is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And as I'm looking at the video and I'm looking at New Season. See, guys, New Season is a church of love. Man, we take everybody. Spiritual house, but we take everybody. The guy on the corner, the woman in the, in the, in the street, in the alley. We take them all. And that's why he's going to use us. And when that wall come down, when these walls come down and we extend this place, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, your during faith needs to take action. Your daring faith need to take action that we come together as a team to share the kingdom of God. And it's all about sharing the good news. It's all about solidifying what we do in actions or in deed. It's all about sharing the gospel. It's all about Jesus Christ. Everything we do is about Jesus Christ. Everything we say, every word we take, every dime we give, time that we put into the church is all about Jesus Christ. So as I was looking through the PowerPoint and I was centering on John 3.16, I just want I want to just remind you of the backdrop. We're going to go through the five points. But here's the backdrop. John 3.16, as I put it, is one of the greatest conversations of mankind. One of the greatest conversations. And, pa- and any conversation that Jesus have on one-on-one, like the Samaritan woman, is important. It is, it is all the scriptures are important. But, man, when he talks one-on-one with someone and he pours his whole self into an individual, guess what it reminds me of? You standing at the 7-Eleven pouring your heart into an individual. Because God's going to use your beautiful smile, the beautiful spiritual aura about you to bring somebody to you only you can minister to. And in daring faith, we have to be ready to do that. So the backdrop of John 3, 16, for God so loved the word that I gave my only begotten son that whoever should believe him should not perish. Everybody knows the scripture. We live that scripture. The backdrop is the greatest conversation of all mankind. I call it the man talking to the God man. Nicodemus, the man, the God man, Jesus Christ. And when you study the content, God lines it up. He tells us certain things about this Nicodemus. 
that we may understand no matter who they are, who they come from, we have to show the gospel. This man was rich. He was a teacher. He was, he was an espositor. He was a rabbi. Nicodemus was the cream of the top 10% of society, a Jewish ruler. Yet he was seeking Jesus. See, and God is going to use you to send people that are not seeking you and I, but they're seeking Jesus. And when it comes to daring faith, my brother, we got to be ready to step out, to talk. Everything that we went through, and it was something that uh, Brother Paul said. It was actually, I mean, it was just beautiful. He sometimes I, I love to I love to hear him talk. I mean, I, I have an opportunity to, to 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 do Bible study with him, and, and some of the things, the way he put things, he phrases things, is just so elegant, so beautiful. And he he was talking about uh, when he was describing every faith journey, every. And it's incidental to us, too. Every faith class had someone in the class that was going through, replicating the faith journey, if I can paraphrase it. But I know where he's coming from. We had the same thing in our, in our, we can actually see it happening in our cell group or in our faith campaign group. God is so powerful, my brothers and sisters, is that, he is, he is going to use us in everything we do. And, and I want to make this personal. I want to take my time. Where are my glasses at? I want to see this. I got to walk through this. Okay, praise the Lord. Just be with me because, you know, there's five things that God knows you not know. Now, you know that's a play on words, right? Because God knows everything. But I want you to think about how Pastor wrote it. It's beautiful. Five things that God does not know. It's a play on words. Because just as God is going to introduce you to the one individual that you have to have that conversation with, the God Christian, the God Christian with the God man, through the God man talking to the man. The God Christian through the God man talking to the man, or in this case, woman, man is everybody. As we relate this in the context of Nicodemus' personal conversation, five things God's does not know. And here's the first thing that God, the pastor put out. He said this. God does not know any, any person who has not sinned. So, so today I'm talking to two distinct individuals. Two distinct individuals. Exercise during faith. Here's the first one. The believer. Praise the Lord. Say, woo-hoo! That's me. I'm talking to the believer. Because today we're just going to encourage you just to step out of faith. Continue to, to go out to look for the personal conversation of the God Christian. And then we want to encourage those this day, encourage them to accept the invitation of God. Praise the Lord. That we all may be part of the family, just like my brother Philip standing at the 7-Eleven. It was an Arco, by the way. Standing at the Arco, preaching because he had a God encounter some time ago and he wanted to talk to the man that was in the white truck me to share the gospel so here are the things that God know that has not seen this is the first one and he simply uses Romans 3.10 as it is written there is none righteous no not one now in the context in this context we're talking about Jesus Christ praise the Lord 
We have a standard. There's no one righteous other than him. But at the same time, if I'm talking to the God Christian who's talking to the man of God or the man who don't know God in respect with a merciful attitude, we have to explain to them that no one is right. Because we're going to see later on in, in this, in, in he has a great saying about uh, works. Now, when we go knock on the door, Pastor would tell us, when we knock on the door, Pastor Mike would tell you, we knock on the when we knock on the door, what's the number one question? Or the number one question, in your personal opinion, what it takes for you to go to heaven. And the number one answer is what? Works answer. Works answer. Works answer. But God says, as it is written, there is none righteous, not, not one. We understand as Christians, when we're talking to our fellow worker, when we're talking to our fellow neighbor, and we have to do that in such a way, because, see, they're not spiritually discerned. We are. And that's why we go to Durham Faith. That's why we learn all these scriptures. That's why we don't, we don't take anything out of context. And we, we explain to them, you know, my brother, I'm a sinner. And even I had to turn for myself, praise the Lord, and turn towards who? Christ Jesus. And because of that, not one of us is righteous. The next slide says this. The center of sin and pride is the eye. You are having a godly conversation with an individual, and you have to convince them after you have already convinced yourself that pride is the beginning of the fall. That's why Bible study and Sunday school and listening to Pastor Mike and listening to the deacons and coming to a life group, being part of a life group. You can't get it all in 20 seconds up here on the pulpit. That we have to make a commitment, step out on faith, during faith, to learn about the Word of God and to learn that the Word of God convict us in such a way that we understand that we are sinful. Praise the Lord that we're sinful. But yet then we have to turn around and tell others about the love of Christ and then move them towards understanding that the center of sin and pride is the I. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, according to Romans 3.23. Another great Romans role. And you see everything and everybody knows about the Roman role. The scriptures that lead up to who? Salvation in Jesus Christ. For today is the day that we stop at the 7-Eleven. Today is the day that we stop in the neighborhood. Today is the day that we talk to the game beggar. Today is the day that we preach the word of God to our sister, to our brother, to our mother. Praise the Lord. With love and with kindness and with respect. That the kingdom of God can be lifted up. For we all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. And I love when we knock on the door uh, and we're standing there and we get to that part. You know, we, 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 call, we follow this faith outline. F is for what? A is for what? I is for what? Impossible. T is for what? Turn. H is for what? Amen. And we get to this point. And we, we like to use, we, we intentionally use the word we when we're talking to the person at the door. We intentionally use the word we. We fall short of the glory of God. Because the Bible is talking to every one of us. But we have a difference, right? Because we are Christians. Praise the Lord. And we're saved by his grace. Praise the Lord. Because we're saved by his grace, we have an advantage. Praise the Lord. 
And that advantage is not to be used to our convenience or for our advantage, but it's for the what? Building up of the kingdom. In other words, to turn it advantage over to those who do not believe. This is all about Jesus Christ today. This whole during faith is all about Jesus Christ. L- the Lord has allowed me to stand in the today to just remind you of what you already know. And that's Jesus Christ. And that we have made a commitment. We understand our call. Not only first and foremost called here, but called to God first and foremost. Secondly, called to this church. Thirdly, called to the ministry. Amen? Number two says this. God does not know any sinner he does not love. Can you imagine Brother Phillips standing there and he see me in the white truck and he's saying, I wonder if this person knows Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thing. I'm telling you, he had me thinking about so much. I even thought about, I didn't come to the, to the Lord until I was 30 years old. And up to that point, I had never, ever had anyone share the gospel with me. No one came to me and I was pretty arrogant, I can understand. I was pretty prideful. I was all about I. But yet, no one came to me. And I know God controls everything. I, I do that. I know God controls everything. It was, it, was, it was just that hardness in my heart that got me to a point where I can sit under the glory of God and under the glory of other men. Because that was my issue sitting under the leadership of other men. Now I can do that. Praise the Lord. Sit under the leadership of my beloved pastor, Pastor Mike. Sit under the, the leadership of my bishop to work in conjunction with every brother and sister that's in this, that's in this congregation. To, 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 to have the ability, the authority, the opportunity to, to shepherd a life group. God is good. And God tells us when we look at God does not know any sinner he does not love, why? Because here's the sinner. Here's the greatest conversation of mankind. Here's the greatest conversation that he was having with one individual who thought he was the greatest of all mankind. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Love, agape love is everything. The type of love that he identifies with a beautiful mother and her child. That's the kind of love. It's hard for a man to kind of even understand what that love is, that agape love, that he would give up his son. And I uh, sometimes tell the story about how if I just flip it for a moment and I would say that the wife is deployed for nine months on a ship. The wife is deployed for nine months on the ship. The gentleman is at home taking care of the brand new baby boy. Praise the Lord. Brand new baby Lord. Jamaji can probably understand this. And while the mother is overseas, a virus breaks out in the United States. And the virus is such a way that it's just sweeping across the nation. They take in the son for a blood test, praise the Lord, and the son is the perfect blood type to eradicate all viruses. Everything. The father called the wife and says, I know you've been watching the news, but I got some good news to share with you. I'm talking to the men right now. Could you do that? See, the women wouldn't have any problem doing that. The man says to his wife, I got some good news for you. What's the good news? Our son has the blood type to eradicate 
the sickness that was flowing across the United States. And the wife, being who she is, says, I don't have a problem with it. How much blood do we need to give? One ounce? Two ounces? Three ounces? And he says, no. We have to give all of it. That's the kind of love that God demonstrated by giving up his son. That's the kind of love that is demonstrated. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He loved us in such a way if we can just share that with someone. The Phillips that are standing on the corner, the Bobs that are down at the, the bonds, the Johns that are next door. If we can just share that love, God is good. <laughs> the Lord has blessed me with a new a new job. So my wife and I, we was talking about, okay, so so have you asked him about you know, Thanksgiving, about Legion? I said, no, sweetie, I'm still preaching the gospel. <laughs> Every day I'm sharing the gospel with somebody. Ricky is saved, praise the Lord. Pete is saved, praise the Lord. Uh, Gracio is saved, praise the Lord. I've, I got about 23, 23, 36 to go to have a private conversation. Uh, uh uh, to Tisha is saved, praise the McNuckles, she's saved, praise the Lord. We, that's, that's what we're here for. You know, doubt in my mind, that's why God gave me the job, gave it to me so I can preach the gospel. You know, no, I don't stand on top of the table and say, hoo-hoo, praise the Lord. The conversation simply starts by what? That ring. Some, most of my conversations start with this ring. They look at me and they think I'm a football player. I say, yeah, I'm a linebacker for Christ. <laughs> and I tell him, I said, this ring is to remind me how Christ treats people with love and respect. And it gives me an opportunity to preach the gospel, to teach and tell someone about uh, uh, Jesus Christ. And I get two reactions. Wow. Oh. <laughs> this is how God looks at sin. From our point, from our perspective, from a side view, I, I really like this slide. I, I, at first, it took me a minute to try to figure out what Pastor's saying, but I got it now. We see sin as some people are worse than others. So we see it from a side view. And when we look at people, depending on you know, their color, depending on their complexity, depending on their ethnicity, we'll, we'll decide if we're going to share the gospel or not. Or depending on if they're from the wrong side of the street, We'll dictate if we're going to share the gospel or not. But God doesn't see it that way. God sees it horizontal. He sees everybody on the same playing field. And we, too, likewise have to see God the same way. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, when we walk out this door, my brothers and sisters, this, this Holy Ghost equal opportunity. Praise the Lord. Yes, it is. Holy Ghost don't see no color. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost is not physical. He don't care about physical parameters. He don't care about the physical likeness of my skin. Holy Ghost works from, from within. Praise the Lord. Only thing he sees is blood, red blood on top of that. <laughs> That's all he sees. He's looking straight through your heart. <laughs> He's not looking at the outside. Yeah, my goodness. Holy Spirit telling us, brother, every time we in our car, he said, see that, see that blood over there? That's how, yeah, 
That's what I want in my gang. See that blood over there? Yeah. Uh, we don't see white, black. We just see people that God sees that he wants us to share the gospel with. Now, brothers, and I'm going to tell you something. This is, I had to learn this as I continue to mature in Christ, and I'm continuing to mature. Listen. If you want to know if you want to talk to somebody, the first thing you need to do, I guarantee you, you want to share the gospel? First thing you do, you get up in the morning and you pray to God. Hey, God, check you out. I have some weaknesses. Sometimes I'm a little afraid. Just be, be honest with them. But I want to share the gospel with somebody. Okay, God, I want to share the gospel. And I guarantee you, he'll make it in such a way that you wouldn't even recognize your fear. He'll be, he, you guys will be playing, talking about something you personally like, knitting, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, you're talking about knitting, and then it goes right into the gospel, and you give a presentation of the gospel. I'm telling you, mark my words. If you want to share the gospel, get up in the morning, pray to the Lord, be sincere about it, and he will put somebody in your path. And it's going to be the strangest coincidence. Not a coincidence, because he, he, he does everything. And he'll give you someone to share a gospel. It may be just your testimony. It may be just about what you just went through during faith. It may be just so you to give them an encouraging word. To say, you know what? It's not all. It's, I understand where you're coming from. I have empathy for you. You don't say you don't have empathy. But I understand where you're coming from. I love you. You know what? Jesus loves you. It may be something just that simple. Get up in the morning and try. Get up in the morning and try. Say, God, put somebody in my path that I can share your son with. Because God wants people to know who his son is. Amen? Amen. Romans uh, 5 says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us. And this is still talking about the operation of love. He is having this whole conversation with, with Nicodemus. And everything that he, that if you just read the whole chapter, uh, uh, three, uh, uh, chapter 3 up to verse 22 or 27, you will see all these scriptures demonstrated. For God so loved the world that he, he, he gave his only begotten son. How did he do that? How did he do that? Not only did he say it, how did he do that, my brothers? He did it this way. He demonstrated his own love towards us in that he died for our sins. Even before I was born, before I was even known to be Michael, okay, even before my mother conceived that word, even before she read it in the Bible and said to herself, I'm going to name my son after the archangel, before she even got to that point, God died for me. Even before my mother was born, God died for me. Even before my father met my mother, God died for all of us and everybody outside this church. Don't you think they have, they, they deserve the same opportunity? Amen. They deserve the same opportunity. And that opportunity comes through us. That opportunity comes through us. But we, what we normally do for some of us, we wait for Pastor Mike to preach the word. We wait for Pastor Mike to go knock on doors. We wait for Pastor Mike to get out his, his car at the 7-Eleven and share the gospel. And we think we're going to grow the church that way. It's not going to happen. We all have to preach the gospel. Praise the Lord. Here's number three. We're almost out of here. God does not know any sin he cannot forgive. Praise the Lord. God, can you really forgive my sin? Me, who for years thought, for years, my brothers and sisters, me who thought 
like Nicodemus, I was in control. I was a great teacher. I was a great master. And, and this is how I used to think. I used to say to myself, as long as I treat my mother with love, not even my father, one thing I wouldn't do is, is cross my mother, be disrespectful, be disobedient. And I thought to myself, that's all I needed to do. I'm a good person. I used to say that. I, I, I remember distinctly what I used to say. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be all right. Every once in a while, somebody will mention God. Oh, God is good, whatever that meant. But I'm going to be all right because, you know, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hang out in the streets. You know, I'm not one of those teenagers that be smoking dope and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's how I thought for a long time. And I shared my testimony once, one time, and I'll share it with you. The day that I came to the Lord, that the Lord found me, he found me and caused me to come to him. He reminded me of three things. I'm only going to share one. And it was in 1983, I got lost off the sea for a very long time. Not important how long, but it was a very long time. And on that day, that whole operation being rescued, God reminded me of that 10 years later in 1991 when I came to the Lord in Pastor Henderson's church. Pastor Henderson was actually Pastor uh, um, Bertice Sr. was preaching the word. I came to the Lord, came right over the seats, came to the Lord. And at that moment, the Lord reminded me. He said, yes, today you're coming to me, but I saved you a long time ago. Physically, not spiritually, physically a long time ago. Now I'm going to save you spiritually. And I broke down. As soon he brought, I had never thought about it up to that point. I was ignorant. I was ignorant. Even at the board, they were talking about the people dying. I was so ignorant. I said, who cares? I was a young, ignorant kid. And at that moment, when I came to the Lord, I instantly, and my wife would tell you, I cried for two days. I kid you not. I cried in the morning. I cried all day. I just cried because I, he, and there's two other things that he reminded me too, but that was the one that really, really broke me down. It's the first thing he reminded me. Yeah, you're coming to me today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I saved you physically 10 years ago. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And I love that scripture because when we're talking about cleansing us unrighteousness, if you really do a study of that, it is actually to remove all guilt. Now, check this out. All righteousness, when you really study the word all, it's all righteousness. Things that you remember and things that you don't even remember. All righteousness, he will forgive you. So when you go to the Lord sincerely, or you're teaching this to someone else to go to the Lord sincerely as those who believe, and you're sharing with them how good and how magnificent God is, and you're sharing that with them, and you're telling them that when you ask God for forgiveness, when you go sincerely to him to ask him for forgiveness, at that moment, if you're sincere, not only do he forgive you for that, he forgive you for all unrighteousness, everything. That's a powerful God. Things you may remember, things you may not remember, but it's all righteousness. A lot of people don't look at that word all. It's a beautiful word. All Righteousness, all, all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. Even if you don't remember. What keeps us out from God's grace? It says this. What keeps people from receiving God's grace is not so much their sin, but their works. 
get worse. I'm going to be all right. Knock on the door. Your personal opinion. What does it take for someone to go to heaven? Hey, I give. I pay. I work down at the uh, neighborhood. Uh, uh, I take care of my family. You know, one gentleman, one gentleman just panned to the rear. He said, look at that. And I was standing on this side. And as he panned to the rear, he said, look at my children. Look at my house. Look at my two cars. That's all I need. That's one of the counters I had. I was saddened. But that's what we're here for. To knock on doors, to talk to people about God, to ask God to put that one person in your path. You get up in the morning, every morning, I say, Lord, just put somebody in my path that I can minister to. Here we are at the 7-Eleven. I'm the Arco, and there's Brother Philip. He come to minister to me to tell me about the gospel. One time at the 7-Eleven, praise the Lord, had a bunch of our folks with us, and we got out at the 7-Eleven, went in and talked to the manager and said, manager, we just want to stand outside just for a moment because we knocked on, we had no doors. We knocked on all the doors we knocked on was all, uh, no answer. So we went to 7-Eleven. There was a gentleman standing on the phone as I was sharing the gospel with him, he put his girlfriend on hold on a payphone, shared the gospel with her. He gets back on the phone, and she said, I want to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, too. Yeah, on the phone. That's all God. When you make it intentional, God can do something. People will start calling you on the phone. My brother, I, never, I, I hadn't talked to my brother in months. And he just called me, Brother LeGrant, my brother LeGrant, just broke down on the phone because he had, I'm 55 okay he's 54 he's my my twin I had twin brothers he's 54 but this happened maybe five years ago he was going about 49 I never forget he called me just broke down crying because he had just looked at his life and he didn't know what was going on with his life he he didn't know his his purpose and I had been sharing the gospel with my family for years I shared the gospel with him he accepted Jesus as first Lord and Savior did I plan it? Nope. Nope. Didn't plan it. All because you get up in the morning and ask God to put somebody in your path. And he will put somebody in your path. He will. And he'll give you all the words to say. Isaiah 118 says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Because of Jesus Christ, our sins, their sins. As the God Christian is trying to talk to the man, their sins can be forgiven, their life washed free to walk from this earth to eternal life. Hebrews 8.12 says this, and I will be merciful to them in their wrongdoings, and I will remember their sins no more. As far as the east from the west, the north from the south. God Almighty will forgive us. And we see it, my brothers and sisters, and it is with God's mercy. Man, I am so happy that we, we can come into the house of the Lord, ask the Lord for forgiveness for the things that we reflect on during the week or during the day, 
and God forgive us. And then we make an effort like enduring faith to continue to, to do better things. Praise the Lord. And think about all the people that are out there. You know, you're looking at the picnic. And they don't have that opportunity. Incidentally, at the picnic, when you come the night before, if you want to share the gospel, you come the night before. My brother tell you, he has the Spanish, uh, Spanish ministry. They come the night before. Without, man, we, we pray with everybody. Talk to everybody all the way down the line. Just sharing and having a, a, a moment of, of Jesus Christ. Trying to encourage them. Amen? Amen. We almost finished. There is no sin too great for God's grace. There is no habit too big for his healing. There is no labor too strong for his love. God can do it all. And here's number four. God does not know any better plan of salvation than his Jesus. Self-explanatory. The greatest conversation of all kind. And, 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 and listen, they are going to ask questions. If you read chapter three, it's beautiful. It always says, Nicodemus asked, Jesus responded. Nicodemus answered, Jesus said. Or Nicodemus said, Jesus answered. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful dialogue. It's the same dialogue that you and I go through. They're going to ask questions about who this man is. And we have to be ready to give it. Not only do we have to be ready, just as Jesus Christ exercised true love and patience with Nicodemus, we too have to do the same thing. Man, read that chapter 3. It's beautiful. You know, Nicodemus said, well, how can one be born again? Is that one expected to come from the mother's womb again? Jesus could have easily said, thou art stupid. But he didn't. He didn't. He considered this learned man who, by his standards, was at the top pinnacle of society. And Jesus took his time, and he had a, he had a conversation with him, a very important, significant conversation, even to a point that Jesus himself knew how important it was to have the conversation with Nicodemus. Jesus. Jesus can pick, you know, Jesus can pick and choose who's the elect. He can pick and choose who's going to be saved, right? We don't, but he can. So every example that you see Jesus talking to the individual, it's so much we can learn from him, so much to learn from him. God does not know any better plan of salvation than his son, Jesus Christ. It's still echo John 3, 16. 1 Corinthians 1, 21 says, For since in the wisdom of God, from the beginning, Genesis, from the beginning, even before the beginning of time, the word through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. And Pastor, oh, he loved the scripture because, you know, he always talking about how can someone preach Jesus Christ, the man who died in a grave that was covered up, and then one day he wasn't there. <laughs> he got up and walked away. But God used the foolishness of us. The foolishness because we don't have the intellect or the capacity to preach without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, my brothers and sisters. Right now, I'm not going to remember anything I said to you. I didn't study this. God studied this. I'm just preaching from my heart. God studied 
this passage. And God is just saying, do this, say that. God, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just preaching the Lord. God can use each and every one of us just in that same capacity. He wants to use us. And everyone, and my brothers and sisters, every one of you is important in the ministry. Don't let nobody tell you, you got to go to school, you got to do this. Every one of you is used in the ministry. Every disciple had different personalities. Am I right? Read them closely. Different personalities, different skill sets, different competencies. Every last one of them. Just like us. So we can be used by God. Romans 10, 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess, you will be saved. We know that. Now we have to explain that to everyone else. We have to share that with everyone. If you just confess Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, God will save you. It is a guarantee. It is a promise that he will. David Hunt says this, to attempt to pay for salvation with church membership, prayers, or good deeds is an insult to Christ who paid the full price and is a rejection of the gift of God of grace. Talking specifically to us. Works cannot do it. We understand it. We live it. We understand that the gift of God is, 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 is through his grace. It is the gift from God. It is the same gift that we don't, we don't subscribe to. We don't understand it. We cannot even. Let, let me give you this. Here, here, here's, here's one that you exercise every day, every day around Christmas, every last one of you. And I remember this distinctly, telling my son, son, if you just take out the trash, son, if you just make good grades, son, if you just cut the grass, Son, if you just wash the clothes. Son, if you just pick up your clothes. Son, if you just hang up your clothes in the cleaners, I mean in the closet, I'm going to give you a great present at the end of the year. You're going to get a great Christmas present. You're going to get your Nintendo, whatever you need. I just need you to do those things. And my son marches out there, yes, he's fired up. I'm fired up. He's excited. I'm excited. It's going to happen. This is January. We've got a whole 12 months to prove that he can get the present. And guess what he does? He don't do none of it. He don't do none of it. You know, I mean, he may do maybe 20% of it. And this is every day, every year. But guess what? Mothers, mothers especially, mothers think about the love. They think about their beautiful child sitting without something. God sitting without something, without giving you something. God said, I can't stand that. God said, I have to do something about it. And God says, out of all the things that you said you was going to do, you didn't do. But guess what? I'm still going to give you my son. And that's what we do. When it's all said and done, we say, you know what? I'm going to give you the present. And there's nothing like your son or daughter sitting under the Christmas tree, opening up the present, and getting exactly what they want and what they need. Amen? Oh, God is good. He's good. All the time he's good. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And here's the last one. And this is where I'm stopping. The other slides you don't have to show. I'm stopping right here. This is it. God does not know a better time to be saved than now. This is the time. 
I began by saying I'm talking to two individuals. I'm talking to the believer, the one that knows Christ, the one that believed Christ, the one that just went through daring faith, the one that knows that they are called to the ministry to share the gospel. And then I'm talking to the one. It may be one here that needs to be introduced to this great God, this great Savior who saved someone like us, who was just having a biblical, spiritual, all-powerful conversation with a mere man, Nicodemus. Likewise, we're having a conversation through the power of the Holy Spirit about his son. And I don't want to take it for granted that everybody here is family. So that individual I'm talking to, if there's anyone here, has all eyes closed and all head bowed. It's just as simple. For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. He says, whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you, my brother or sister, that's sitting in the house of the Lord, has not asked Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, to move you, to lead you, to protect you, to provide for you, but more importantly, that you may have everlasting life salvation. What do that mean? Just everlasting life. Because we're going to one day meet that day that's going to end our life on this earth. Amen. And we have to move from there to everlasting life. If that's you, and you want to ask Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior today, just quickly raise your hand. Say, today I'm going to ask Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm not going to leave this place until someone recognizes that I want Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my brothers and sisters, for all that you do. Thank you for the opportunity to stand in front of you and preach God's word. I thank you for my bishop. I thank you for Pastor Mike, who is another mentor in my life. And I just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. All hearts and minds clear. Amen. Amen. Be in prayer for our pastor. Praise the Lord. Be in prayer for him. Okay. Amen.